slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Price. Another spectacular stop. Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Tough loss for the New York Islanders. They fall in the last nine seconds of regulation to the Tampa Bay Lightning, 2-1. to one. We will talk about the game, break it down, and figure out where we go from here. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. I'm not going to lie, this one was a heartbreaker. Less than nine seconds left, Nikita Kucherov left all alone to the right of the goal, ends up beating Simeon Varlamov and the Islanders after taking that one nothing lead and outplaying the Lightning for most of this game, fall 2-1, to one. and you know what? This one, I think, hurts even more than the 8-2 loss, and I'll tell you why, and we'll figure out where we go from here, because this one, this one is tough. Islanders now trail in the series two games to none, have to win four of the next five in order to advance to the Stanley Cup Final. If you've got an Islanders question, comment, topic that you'd like us to discuss, any one of those, Please feel free to email the show, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. You could also follow the show on Twitter, at LockedOnIsles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter, at IceWarsNYRVSNYI, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and happenings. Wow. Uh, you, you look at this game... And the Islanders did almost all the things that they needed to do in order to have a chance to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. They were the better team by far in the first period, especially for the first, let's say, 18 minutes of that first period. Uh, They were the better team for most of the second period. And as the third period went along you sort of got the feeling that the Islanders were slipping away a little bit. And at the end, in the last seconds of this game, the last seconds of regulation, the Lightning get the game winner, and the Islanders are in a 2 to nothing hole. Folks, this one just plain hurt. And, you know... Here's, to me, the bottom line. Game one, the Islanders played poorly. They didn't do any of the things that they need to do to win against a bigger, deeper, more talented team like the Lightning. And, yeah, the game was more or less over 
by the second period, you knew the Islanders were not going to come back and win that game. And you would have liked them to have shown a little bit more spark late in the game. But, you know, they didn't deserve to win game one. The The score did reflect the way that game was played. But game two, I'll tell you, the Islanders had their chances. The Islanders outplayed them. They responded to the physicality of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They changed up the way they exited their own zone, which is something we talked about on yesterday's show, and it paid off, and yet, in the end, it just wasn't enough. Let's start out with the good news. Islanders took the lead just a minute 24 into the game. Matt Martin, his fifth assist to Nick Letty for Matt Martin now in the postseason. He matched his entire season output with five goals. And he has played exceptionally well. Cute tweets uh, from his wife, Sydney, uh, saying, hey, I got to have some more kids because apparently it helps inspire Matt to, to play well. But uh, Martin has been more than just solid throughout these playoffs. He really has done a very good job. And look, Matty Ice is uh, going to be an unrestricted free agent. At the end of these playoffs, I don't think the Islanders will necessarily bring him back unless it's at a very team-friendly price. But boy, it has been a lot of fun to watch Matt Martin play hockey in these playoffs, basically giving the team everything he has. And, you know, the rest of the first period really belonged to the New York Islanders. They outshot the Lightning 13-4. to The big moment, though, and it really was a, a game-changer, 5.55 into the period, Alex Killorn of the Lightning with a late, dirty hit on Brock Nelson. Nelson missed the rest of the first period, and Kalorn got a five-minute major and a 10-minute misconduct, a game misconduct, essentially. The Lightning started the game with 11 forwards. Now they were down to 10, and later on, another player would get injured. They'd be down to nine, yet the Islanders could not take advantage. And the worst part was they literally frittered away the five-minute power play that the Islanders, you know, could have taken an early two-to-nothing lead, would have put them in a real dominant position if they would have been able to, to pull that off, and yet they could not. And it was like too often on the power play, and especially that five-minute major, the Islanders looked like they were trying to make that perfect, pretty pass. And, yeah, that's wonderful in the middle of a game in mid-November or December. But, look, get the puck on the net. And they didn't do that enough. And, and, and this was not just in the five-minute power play. It really was for most of the power play opportunities throughout this game. And the Islanders' power play failed them in this game. They had plenty of chances and just could not cash it in. And 
to say it was frustrating is an understatement. At the end of the day, you know, you got to get pucks on net and then go for those rebounds, go for those deflections, go for those tips, uh, force turnovers instead of trying to set up that perfect tic-tac-toe pass every time. And they didn't take as many shots as they should have on the five-minute power play and really on all the power plays. And they just tried to be too perfect. And it was frustrating to say the least for the New York Islanders. Uh, So that was one very big missed opportunity. And, you know, the Lightning had a power play chance. The Islanders' penalty kill was good later in the first period. But, you know, after 18 minutes of near dominance, uh, the defense lets down and all of a sudden it is a tie hockey game and that was already uh, a very bad omen for the New York Islanders and I- I'll tell you it, it it was so difficult because you know Victor Hedman ends up with the goal that ties it with uh, a minute 35 left in the first period, and that really hurt because you could feel the Islanders outworked, outplayed, outhustled, did the things they needed to do, and yet, instead, they end up going in to the locker room tied at one, and it was all set up by a bad icing that uh, Devon Taves made, you know, shot the puck before he got to the red line, Sets up the icing, and this was a soft goal by Varlamov. It was a short side goal. It was a puck that he wished he had back, and maybe there was some kind of a screen on the play, but he left a lot of room between him and the post on the short side. Hedman is a darn good defenseman with a good shot, took the shot, beat Varlamov, and it was all even at one after 20 minutes, and that really was a microcosm of the game, because the Islanders were outplaying them, but could not beat them. We'll break down the second and third periods, we'll have our Islanders birthday of the day, and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And if you want to keep your car running smoothly, well, you've got to check out rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even a new carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, you can get everything you need in just a few clicks and they'll deliver it directly to your door. And best of all, rockauto.com's prices are reliably low and they're the same for everyone, whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional mechanic. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that are available for your car or truck. The catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate, and you can quickly see all the parts at all different price ranges that are available for your vehicle. You could choose the brand, specifications, and prices that you prefer. 
Right now, go right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So the second period, no scoring in that period. Again, the Islanders were the better team for most of it. They outshot the Lightning 7-6, to had their chances, including some on the power play. And the power play, you know, it just, they kept, when in the first unit was on there, they kept going to Barzal, and Barzal spent a lot of time spinning around and trying to make moves to beat people. Guys, you gotta, A, mix it up on the power play and not just constantly feed Barzy. And second of all, they've got to move the puck. Quick passes are better than little dipsy-doos in the, in, along the, the far boards keeping the puck on the perimeter, and look, you may beat them once out of every dozen times, but most of the time, you're not going around one or more lightning defenders with those little, you know, spin moves along the far boards. The good thing was Brock Nelson came back, and they had their chances uh, throughout the second period. Jordan Eberle had a good chance could not convert, and that's been uh, definitely part of the story for him in a lot of the recent games. Yes, he scored in game one, but uh, not not uh, getting able to cash in any of his chances in game two. Meanwhile, Ryan Pulak actually had a breakaway. He did a good job to box out the defender and get the shot away, but he could not convert, and at the end of the day, you know, Islanders were out shooting the Lightning after 40 minutes, 20 to 10. You hold the Tampa Bay Lightning to 10 shots on goal in 40 minutes. You have a lot to be proud of, and defensively, the Islanders were much, much better in this game by a mile than they were in game one. Yeah, they were still giving some of the defensemen a little too much room on the point, but much, much better than in Game 1. And you get to the third period, you knew how important it was. Islanders, again, had their share of chances in the final 20 minutes. The final 20 minutes, you had to think. The Lightning were down two forwards. They could only roll three lines with nine forwards. And... You would have thought the Islanders were going to wear them down and they would be the fresher team in the third period. And instead, it really was the Lightning who uh, stabilized their game a bit more in the third period. Shots on goal in the third period were 11 to 8 in favor of Tampa. And the Islanders had their chances and they had a five on three power play. And again, with the five-on-three power play for 38 seconds. They tried too hard to get that perfect shot and overpassed the puck, didn't take enough shots. Look, the old cliche, and I tweeted it out during the game, Wayne Gretzky saying, you don't score on 100% of the shots you don't take. Well, that had a lot to say about the way the Islanders' power play played at times in Game 2. And... You know, the Islanders have to do better. The power play, they had a five-minute major and a five-on-three for 38 seconds, 
and you don't convert on either of those opportunities and you end up losing a game two to one. The Islanders power play let them down in this game. Yes, Varlamov gave up one moderately soft goal to Hedman. Not much he could do about the Kucherov goal at the end. Uh, but but Varlamov played well, especially in the third period for the first, you know, 19 minutes and 30 seconds or so, where he really kept the Islanders in the game when the Lightning were getting some scoring chances. But at the end of the day, the Islanders had a lot of chances, a lot of opportunities, and could not close the deal. And it's frustrating. And, you know, if you're the Islanders... Barry Trotz has his hands full. He has to make sure this team is not sitting there saying, woe is me, where do we go from here? Uh, if the Islanders play the way they played in game two for, you know, the remaining games of this series, they will win, I would say, three out of every four times that they are able to play like that. But the Lightning are that good, and they were better in the last couple of minutes of this game, it was almost like the Islanders figured they had gotten to overtime already, and no, they hadn't. Uh, Lad slow to pick up Kucherov uh, on that play, leaving him un uncovered by the right circle on the game-winning goal, but at the end of the day, Islanders have nobody to blame but themselves. They were the better hockey team for the majority of this game, they had a lot of chances. The Lightning were down two forwards, only had nine forwards, and yet they still managed to find a way to win. So, you know, tip your hat to the Lightning. But for the Islanders, they've got to do a lot of thinking now and, and, and regrouping and figuring out uh, where they go from here. All right, when we come back, we'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we'll start to look ahead to Game 3, which is Friday night, and figure out what it is the Islanders need to do to keep themselves in this series. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, our Islanders' birthday of the day. We are a day early, but we're going to wish a happy 50th birthday to former Islanders defenseman Barry Richter. Uh, four years at the University of Wisconsin, drafted by the old Hartford Whalers. Can we queue up Brass Bonanza? Uh, in the second round of the 1988 draft, broke into the NHL with the Rangers uh, and then played with the Islanders during the 1998-99 season. 72 games, 6 goals, and 24 points for Richter. Was active in hockey in the NHL through the 2000-2001 season, then went to Sweden and Switzerland to close out his NHL career was with the Rangers, Bruins, Islanders, and Canadiens in the NHL. 151 total NHL games, 11 goals, 45 points. So almost half of his career NHL games came during his one season with the New York Islanders back in 1998-99. We'll look at one of his better games with the Islanders, and that one was January 26th, 1999 at the Coliseum. Against the Boston Bruins, Byron Defoe, the goalie for the Bruins, the Islanders going with Tommy Sallow, and it was the Islanders on the board first, two goals in the first period, the first one by Robert Reichel, his 12th from Ziggy Palfi and Barry Richter at 542, and then 40 seconds later, 
Brian Smolinski, his ninth from Reichel and Ziggy Palfi. And at the end of one period, it was two to nothing. Islanders. In the second, the Islanders adding to their lead. Reichel again is 13th from Trevor Linden and Barry Richter at 2.01. And then at 14.33, Ziggy Palfi makes it 4 nothing Islanders, his fourth from Barry Richter and Eric Brewer at 14.33. Islanders with a 4 nothing lead. The Bruins get on the board late in the period. Tim Taylor, his third from Hall of Famer Ray Bork and Hal Gill at 19-17, but that was as close as the Bruins would get. Islanders end up with a 4-1 win, 25 saves for Tommy Salo. Ziggy Palfi with one goal and two assists. Robert Reichel, two goals and one assist. And our Islanders' birthday of the day, Barry Richter, three assists and a plus four. He and Eric Brewer... Uh, his defense partner, each plus fours in this game. As far as shots on goal goes, Palfi leading the way for the Isles with four, and the Islanders with behind three assists by our birthday of the day, Barry Richter, beat the Bruins 4-1 to one on January 26th, 1999. So getting back to last night's game and... Uh, Wow, just a rough one for the Islanders. We'll look at some of the superlatives. Matt Martin, in addition to his goal, leading the Islanders with seven hits in just 10 minutes, 35 seconds of ice time. Cal Clutterbuck, six hits uh, just behind him. Casey Sezikis and Andrew Ladd, uh, along with Uncle Leo, Leo Kamarov, each with five block shots. Ryan Pulak leading the way with five there. Islanders, not as many blocks as usual. They they really did not give the Lightning very many scoring chances. And all that open ice that the Islanders allowed the Lightning in game one was not there, thankfully, in game two. Ice time, Ryan Pulak led the defenseman with 23 minutes, 15 seconds. Scott Mayfield, 17.02 had the least. Jordan Eberle, 20 minutes, 51 seconds, leading all the forwards. Believe it or not, Eberle with just one shot on goal in this game. As far as shots are concerned, uh, it was Anders Lee leading the way with five. Anthony Bavillier had four right behind him. But look, you know what? Here it is. Barry Trotz. This is where you are going to earn your paycheck and your reputation as one of the great coaches. And look, he did a great job. The Islanders were ready for Game 2 after the debacle that was Game 1. But psychologically, I think it will be more difficult for the Islanders to regroup after this game because emotionally they know they were the better team. Game one was a game they really knew they couldn't win. Game two is something they had in the palm of their hands and let slip away. Andrew Ladd, you know, usually when uh, Trotz makes a move and puts a new player in the lineup, that guy responds. Ladd wasn't bad, like I mentioned, the number of hits he had. Uh, but 
was not really a big factor in the game, but look, this was his playoff debut. You get the guy in there, you figure he's hungry. He He's the kind of player who maybe could skate well enough to keep up with some of the Lightning's faster players, so that's what he did. Oh, one other note, by the way, uh, and congratulations uh, are in order to Lou Lamorello. He is one of the three finalists for the NHL's general manager of the year. All right, the Islanders are going to have to regroup. I think the biggest factor is emotionally. Farlamov played well enough to win for, you know, except for that one goal that he gave up to, uh, uh, in the first period to Hedman, he played a good game. Uh, the Islanders as a team did all the things they needed to do to win except score enough goals and especially on the power play, they just did not come through. So, time to regroup. Friday night, Game 3, obviously a must-win already down in the series, 2 to nothing. We will see if the Islanders are equal to the task. I'll tell you, uh, if they play the way they did tonight, there's no reason they can't win the hockey game. But this is one of those games where, psychologically... Barry Trotz has to make sure this team doesn't get down on itself and get frustrated with the fact that they were the better team on the ice for the majority of the game, and they could not emerge victorious. All right, we will be back tomorrow with a full preview of Game 3. We'll have some quotes and some uh, breakdowns as to what the Islanders have to do if they hope to win Game 3, and get back into this series. A much better effort tonight, but in the end, falling just short, like eight and a half seconds short of winning the hockey game, or at least forcing overtime. So, stay safe. Don't lose hope. This is a resilient hockey team, folks. And remember, let's go Islanders.